thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Hello, I'm Louise Ogden. And while the Naked Scientist team take a break over Christmas, here's a special programme I've helped to produce on a technology called Functional Electrical Stimulation. This technology, known as FES for short, allows people who have been paralysed from the waist down to row and cycle by stimulating their leg muscles with external electrodes. To lead us through the story, here's Mikhail Vonancini from the University Hospital of Heidelberg. Hello, my name is Michele Vonancini. What you're hearing behind me is the noise of an indoor rowing session. You can hear the sit of the rowing machine moving backwards and forwards and the flywheel spinning to simulate the resistance that you would get from the water on the oar blade if you were to row on a real boat. But there's something you can't tell from an audio recording. In this case, the rower is a paraplegic person, paralysed from the waist down. In this audio documentary, you will discover how a technology called Functional Electrical Stimulation, or FES for short, can be used to make paralysed muscles contract and enable paraplegic people to row on a rowing machine and cycle on a recumbent tricycle. You will hear some interviews recorded on a very special occasion, the first International FES Sports Day, held in Cardiff in the UK in 2006. This event brought together a small number of paraplegic rowers and cyclists from all over the world, as well as scientists involved in research on muscle stimulation technologies. Injury to the spinal cord can leave your body split in two. Your brain will be able to control the muscles of your arms and trunk as before, but will lose the connection with your legs. You won't be able to move them and you won't be able to feel them either. However, even if that connection is lost, leg muscles do not lose their ability to contract. Hence, if stimulated with an external electrical signal, they can still produce a movement. Nothing like the powerful and well-controlled contractions that you could achieve before your injury, but still something that can be exploited for rowing and cycling. I talked to some of the paraplegic people who use functional electrical stimulation on a daily basis to understand how all this works in practice. Robin Gibbons from London explains how FES rowing works. Essentially, we've got, we've got a, a standard Concept 2 rowing machine which is adapted to take... Um, a disabled person that obviously has uh, little or no trunk support. So we've got a high back seat with with a uh, full shoulder harness, 
um, to hold the individual in the seat. And then various other um, adaptations to keep the legs in, in the correct geometric position for the leg extension and the leg flexion phase. And then coupled to that, we've got um, a standard four-channel stimulator from uh, Salisbury. Uh, there's a company down there that make these stimulators. Um, and what we do is, we, using surface contact electrodes, stimulate the quadriceps and hamstring muscle groups. The function of that is then really just down to the individual's thumb with a thumb push switch on the T-bar handle. So when they press the, the switch the quadricep muscles contract and extend the legs. When they release the switch, the uh, hamstring muscles contract and flex the leg forward. Hmm. So in combination with the pushing of the button and the pulling of the arms, you get the rowing action. The same concepts are applied in FES cycling, although in this case the control part is a bit more sophisticated. In fact, if both your feet are pushing on the pedals at the same time, you won't be able to turn the cranks. Therefore, the contraction of several muscles on the two legs must be carefully synchronised. Angela Chin, an FES cyclist from Connerst in Scotland, gives us some more details. Tell me how it works. You're sitting on this uh, track, which is a normal track, isn't it? Or does it have any special arrangement? Oh, it's got lots of electrical gadgets in it, which are all very technical. Which oh, okay, but you have electrodes on your legs. I do, I yes, which are okay. a- attached to a box on the side of the bike here, okay. and this box is has a sensor at the pedals, which senses in which position my legs are, and it then lets the muscle groups know which ones to contract and which ones to relax to okay. actually perform the cycling movement. But why would you want to stimulate your paralysed legs to row or cycle? Well, firstly, just because it's great fun. But there are some other good reasons to do it. Professor Nick Donaldson from University College London is one of the leading scientists working on FES cycling in the UK. I asked him how FES cycling started and what its benefits are. In about 1998, I suppose, um, we started it with a woman who we put an implant in, who was a very strong cyclist, and then realised that um, actually we could do cycling with surface electrodes quite easily, and we thought it would be uh, it would be much better thing to do with FES than FES walking, which is what we'd been attempting earlier. Mm. Sorry, what's the difference between implanted and uh, surface electrodes? Well, implant, it's a bit like a pacemaker. You have a device implanted into you, which stimulates the muscles, and that's technically uh, quite, quite a challenging thing to do. Because that involves surgery. Because it involves surgery, complicated surgery. It has a huge advantage that you don't have to put the electrodes on the surface as you do with surface stimulation every time you want to exercise. So these people here who are cycling now uh, will probably have to spend at least half an hour putting electrodes on before they can cycle. And that's a, a big hindrance to doing it, frankly. I'm sure they'd all agree. They have to do that. They have to be committed to doing it. Whereas if we had a if we had an implant for doing it, it would just be a matter of turning the transmitter on and and starting. Um, so it's a it's a balance. But if we could show that there were, uh, and as I think we have, that there are big health benefits and that this is an enjoyable thing to do, mm-hmm. then the argument for having the implant is much clearer. Mm. What are the um, health benefits in particular? Um, cardiovascular exercise, uh, which is 
is, is of course very important. Um, big improvements to the legs. Um, the leg muscles bulk up. They start off usually very wasted after spinal cord injury. So the legs look much better, and that's important. The circulation is better, and the bones get stronger again. Where, where do you think the uh, FES cycling is, is going? FES cycling and FES rowing are the first two FES sports that we've got going. Mm. There's FES rowing going on here as well. And I think that people with spinal cord injury ought to have a choice of sports uh, which they can do for pleasure and for health. Keeping your body in a good shape can be difficult for anyone. And if you can only move half of the muscles of your body and you have to rely on a wheelchair for mobility, it's even more difficult. I talked about this with Professor Brian Andrews from Oxford Brookes University. He's one of the fathers of FES drawing and told me why this activity can have a positive impact on people's quality of life. Well, we wanted to get the, in, the volume of exercise uh, into the ballpark where there were significant health benefits in terms of risk reduction of cardiovascular disease and diabetes too. We know from the able-bodied literature that there is a threshold in terms of the intensity and the duration over a weekly period. So we thought we had to have an exercise that involved the upper body and the arms to bring in the bigger muscle mass. And the patient preferences were for rowing rather than cycling with a hand crank, which looked rather adapted for disabled people specifically. What about uh, wheelchair sports? The patient spends their life pushing a wheelchair and transferring their body weight and this tends to activate just one set of the shoulder girdle muscles. Those muscles become hypertrophied and because they are stronger than the other muscles they're subject to damage and more than half paraplegics have serious overuse pain in later life. When we looked at rowing, we looked at the activation of the muscles and we found that the rowing activated a different set of muscles than wheeling. So there may even be a therapeutic advantage of rowing in that it may help to balance the strength of these two muscle groups. I wanted to know more about the people who row and cycle using functional electrical stimulation. I was curious to know how they started, why, and what are the positive or negative implications on their daily life. Therefore, I took my microphone in the crowd of the first FES Sports Day and asked some random questions. Angela Chin, FES cyclist. I train at home every day for an hour a day. Well, I do five days a week, so I get the weekend off. Okay. Um, and, and it's on a trainer at home, so it's just like a normal exercise bike. Okay. Um, I can take it outside if I wanted to, but it's easier just doing training at home. You can sit and watch television if you wanted. But, um, but now how long can you, can you cycle for continuously? I'm not very good. I mean, I, I, my muscles probably last about... 15, 20 minutes on a full board of cycling. 
and then I ease off a bit and I assist with my hands as well if need be. Oh, um, moving, moving your, your legs yes, with your hands. Yeah, but it's all about training and the more I do, the more the muscles build up the more I'll get to the stage where I can cycle longer without assisting. Mm. Well, that's the plan, and anyway. Did you, did you ever manage to go outside and have a cycle outside? I mean, is that really a possibility, you think? Oh, yes, definitely, yeah? yes. Um, I'm hoping... To be, this is, I've been a full year training on the bike now, so I'm hoping that this summer will be my first summer. I'll, I'm hoping to get out with the children and go out with them on their bikes and do a bit yeah. of cycling. And did you notice any, any health benefit? I feel great. In general. I mm. feel great after mm. having done... Well, you're doing an hour's cycling, you know, an hour's exercise. I mean, this is the best way to get your heart pumping, you know. So cardiovascular, this is just a great form of exercise. Mm. Um, I, I love it. And how, how did you decide to start? How, how did you it was my It you? was my um, spinal injury consultant recommended that I, 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 I do this. Um, I think it was because I was a housewife and had plenty time on my hands, or so he assumed <laughs> I had plenty time on my hands that I could spend an hour a day doing something like this. Because it, it, it is time-consuming. It's time-consuming for me to get on it. It's not just an hour cycling, it's getting on and off the thing as well. Mm. So that, it is time-consuming. But it's been great, as I said, you know, and I love it. So it's, for me, it's well worth it. It's well worth doing. Robin Gibbons, FES thrower. Theoretically, I suppose there's no reason why you couldn't row as long as an able-bodied person. I, I've done 10,000 metres now. It's, it's, it's really down to the stamina of the individual, really, mm-hmm. whole body. How long have you been doing this for? Three years now, Brunel University. Okay. And did you used to row before your injury? I did, yes. Yeah, not not competitively, but for for health uh, reasons. Yeah. How does it compare to that? It's a lot more f- frustrating because your your legs are a, a fixed quantity. You can't change um, the speed or the power that your legs are developing. You you have what you have. So the only way you can change the the power generated on the machine is through your upper body by varying that. Thomas Hager, FES thrower. Um, there's nothing else really like it. I'd, I'd, if I'd say it's like it's nothing else like the gym or the swimming. It's I mean, the thing is, the first time I managed to do 2K, I was completely exhausted just because your body's not used to having that demand mm-hmm. on you know sort of the whole body. Um, so it's fantastic. I mean. There's nothing else like it, really. I mean, I haven't tried the cycling, but rowing is fantastic. Did, did you used to row before? Um, only sort of in the gym, nothing sort of serious. But okay, so do, do you think you, you'd be going on rowing? Yeah, you? hopefully I'm trying. Well, hopefully I'll be able to sort of looking to compete in the indoor rowing championships that they um, do in November this year. Okay. So that's what I'm aiming towards now. Professor Brian Endres from Oxford Brookes University. We've already taken it competitively to the highest levels with the British Indoor Rowing Championships and the uh, World Indoor Rowing Championships. But neither of those are games in the Paralympics. The Paralympics only involves on-water activities, so that's where we're moving it for competitive sport. For leisure activities, we we hope to um, explore... You know, getting people into fitness centres, getting people along to the big championships, the camaraderie that's involved in that. 
and for the health benefits we hopefully one day will have these machines used by the people at their own home, at their own convenience. Three, two, one, go! was an interesting mixture of different expectations, motivations and approaches to FES rowing and cycling. Some people are more interested in the health benefits, while others are attracted by the challenges and thrills of freer competition. And finally, there's a community of scientists who are interested in improving the technology which supports these two sports activities. like to thank all the people I talked to, even if their voices didn't make it to the final version of this documentary. I would also like to thank Reading University for their support. The music you heard was played by Le Gaucheur and is published under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. This audio document is to be distributed under the same license. You will find more information on the music on the website www.leemudderford.ch Thank you for listening. Mikhail Vanoncini, who produced this documentary while he was a PhD student at Reading University in the UK. And incidentally, since this programme was recorded, one of the interviewees, Tom Agar, won a gold medal in adaptive rowing at the 2008 Beijing Paralympics. My name's Louise Ogden. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Thinking about your next career move in research and development? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that's investing £20 billion in R&D over the next two years. The nation that's home to four of the world's top research universities. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.